going to be speaking on wealth and the covenant. And this is really an introduction into a subject which is biblical economics or kingdom wealth functioning in these areas of um, abundance. You know, God does not just want us to walk in prosperity, he wants us to walk in abundance. And we're going to look in all these lessons at the reason for that. And I don't want to be keep saying this all the time. There are places I do have to keep reiterating it. But I, but I will say at the outset, which is, this is not a how-to if you're covetous. Does that make sense? This is not, oh, this is great teaching to feed my greed. Okay, we're not looking at that. We're not looking at feeding our covetousness. You know, God is not going to show us how to be J.R. Yoon. And for those of you who are old enough to remember J.R. Yoon, yeah. Yeah, some of you are going, eh? Ellen's halfway to being Sue Ellen. Because she's the Ellen part, amen? But, and Paul's just going, What's, where am I? What's going on? What are these guys talking about? But God is not going to make us, God's not going to make us uh, greedy and covetous. And this teacher will not do that for you. But it will very much cement in your thinking and root down in, deep inside you that God wants you rich. God wants you wealthy. God wants you having so much wealth that the only fun that you get from it is giving it away. You understand? So God wants you rich. So we're just going to get stuck in. The believer's right to wealth, your right to wealth, has a legal basis, okay? It's not based on God likes you, but he doesn't like you. Does that make sense? Yeah. It's not about uh, God's personal whim that he thinks Jim's cooler than Jane, so Jim's going to get all the money and Jane's going to live and barely get along street. It's, everybody has a legal right to wealth, kingdom wealth. And it's based on covenant specifically, and this is what we need to understand. This is the basis of it all, the Abrahamic covenant. God made covenant with a man called Abraham and made Abraham his partner on the earth. How many know that God doesn't have multiple partners? He only has one. Why? Because God is a God who is faithful and loyal Okay, you get people in the earth, they do deals with everybody. Yeah, I'll do a deal with you, but I'll do a side deal with you. And I'll... But God's not like that. God is not a man that he should lie. And so when God says, I'm going to make covenant with a man, a man called Abraham, that excludes everybody else. But if you're included in that deal with Abraham, then you're going to be blessed. We're going to look at that. So when Adam and Eve sinned in the Garden of Eden, plunging mankind into the bondage of death, poverty, misery and sickness, under Satan's thrall, the redemptive plan of God began. Okay? So in order to save his creation, God had to find a man 
because it was a man that messed up. One man, Adam, messed up for all of us. Every problem you've ever had in life and every problem you'll ever have in life is because Adam messed up. Okay? And even although you're, you're saved, you're redeemed, you're delivered, all of that, you're still dealing, we're all still dealing with the results and the outcome of Adam's fall. But in order to save the creation, God had to find a man to covenant with to get his son incarnated in the earth. Okay? God's answer was always going to be Jesus. Or his son, the, the last Adam. Not just the second Adam, the last Adam. So Adam messed up, there had to be another Adam. The last Adam the Bible calls. So the man God chose to start the program was Ab Abraham, who began as Abram. Now Abram means high father, Abraham means father of many nations. And we'll be looking at that in our father and nation studies on, on uh, Sunday night. So in Genesis chapter 12, it's, it reads from verse 1, Now the Lord had said to Abram, Get out of your country, from your family, and from your father's house, to a land that I will show you. I will make you a great nation. I will bless you and make your name great, and you shall be a blessing. Abram wasn't called just to be blessed. He was called to be a blessing. Okay? So it doesn't start and end with you when God blesses you. You're blessed to be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you. I will curse him who curses you. And in you all the families of the earth shall be blessed. So the Lord was saying, my plan, my program, is a blessing program. And it's going to touch everybody. Hands up if you never came from a family. You see, every family in the earth. Amen? So every family means every person, really. Unless you were knitted. Yeah? You understand? So everybody's to be blessed through this guy, Abram. So Abraham became God's covenant partner in the earth. God, by his very nature, can only covenant with one person, and the person he chose was Abraham. If you want to have a relationship with God, you have to come through Abraham. And we'll, we'll see that from the word. Now, after this word from God to Abraham, when God said this in Genesis chapter 12, he went on a journey to Egypt. We would say he went on vacation, or he went on a holiday to Egypt. And when he returned, he was teeming with riches and possessions. So it's important to understand what happened. We'll look at the scripture in a minute. By blessing Abraham, God was giving his full backing to the man in order that he might succeed. See, we don't understand blessing. Um, because we don't understand what, what blessing means. We think blessing means giving somebody a nice wee card or a nice wee, oh, bless you. You know, the Lord bless you. You know, that's not what blessing is. That's not what blessing means in the Bible. Blessing means, if you bless somebody, it means that what you say to them is, everything I am and everything I have is behind you to propel you to success. If you get up every morning and you lose, you know, you, you, you make a loss every day of 10 grand, I'll give you 20 grand at the end of the day in the bank account. 
That's, 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 that's the nature of blessing. In other words, you'll not fail if I bless you. You know, if Alan Sugar came in, or Richard Branson, or one of these other guys, maybe Richard Branson's not the best, you know, uh, globalist pawn. But anyway, if he came in, if a rich man came in and says to you, no matter what you do, we're going to start you off in business. And if your shop, your business makes crushing losses, I'll step in and I'll back you. And I'll, and, I'll, and, I'll, and I'll buy you a house. And you'll live in that house and I'll pay all your bills. And I'll run your car and I'll, I'll even employ a chauffeur. That's what it's meant. That's what's meant when it says the Lord blessed Abraham. You cannot fail. Because Abraham messed up. He messed up when he went to Egypt. And he was a bit of a coward and he, he told Pharaoh, well, see that beautiful woman that you fancy? That's my sister. Yeah? So he, he wasn't a faith giant to begin with. Just like you and I, you know, you might mess up. But here's the key thing. Even when you mess up, when God, when you have a covenant with God, and, and that's true for your finances, folks. Even if you mess up and you're not good with money or, 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 or you start umpteen businesses and you go bankrupt, he's still your covenant partner. He's still your covenant God. You still have a right to wealth based on covenant. And it's the covenant with this guy, Abraham. So, by blessing Abraham, God was giving his full back into him. And as I said, it's not a nice blessing like a, a wee greeting card, a Helen Steiner Rice greeting card from you know, uh, the glow or faith mission or whatever. It was Almighty God covenanting and promising his own infinite power and unlimited resources to back this man up and make sure he did not fail. Look at the results. Look at this. This is Genesis chapter 13. This is a short while after what we just read where God promised to bless him. Okay. Then Abram went up from Egypt, he and his wife and all that he had, and Lot with him to the south. Lot is... I think one of the cleverest guys in history, but certainly in the Bible. Because Lot didn't have a covenant. Lot didn't have a covenant of blessing from the Lord. He didn't have all the promises. But you know what he did? That was clever. He stuck like super to the guy who did. And when you find somebody who's blessed, when you find somebody who's anointed, when you find in, in, in the area of money or in the area of ministry or whatever it is, you attach yourself to that person. And Lot was, Lot was blessed because Abraham was blessed. Do you understand? So he was blessed by association. So it does matter who you align with. Lot is one of the great examples in the Bible that if you align with the right guy, the right person, the right program, the right initiative, the right project, then you will be blessed. But if you, you know, um, if, if Lot had says, you know what, I'm, I'm clever. I, I don't need this. I don't need Uncle Abe. I don't need him. I, I can do my own thing. Or I've found somebody that, that I think is better than Abraham. So I'm going to align with him. Well, guess what would have happened to Lot? You'd never have read about him. And he'd never have had what he had. So anyway, Abram, watch this. After God, this is what I'm trying to get across to you folks. This is vital to this. This is fundamental to this, okay? I, I'll probably say this many times in these lessons because I should, but I'm going to say it right now. 
your blessing, your financial blessing, your walking in kingdom wealth, your walking in superabundance is not based on what you do. It's not performance based. Now we teach that when it comes to salvation, don't we? We say there's nothing you can do to earn salvation. And we teach it with healing too. We, you know, God doesn't heal you because you take your vitamins, folks. He heals you by faith. Okay, so righteousness comes by faith. Uh, healing comes by faith. You know, God doesn't say to you, um, you know, see if you live right for three weeks, I'll get those demons out of you. You're not living right because the demons are in you. So you need, in other words, everything that God gives is a free gift. But you know what? This message that I'm teaching today has been hijacked by people who say, God will bless you financially if you give big to him. You give big to God and he'll give big back to you. And that's how you get rich. A lie from the pit of hell, folks. That's a lie from the pit of hell. You can buy financial blessing by giving till it hurts. Am I right in saying? I've had people contact me all over the world. I'm about to lose my house. I'm about to lose my car. I lost my car last week. I'm about to lose my house. Uh, what am I going to do? I'm in desperate straits. I have tithed all my life. I have given till it hurts. And folks, that's the problem. That's the problem because none of that was by faith. It was somebody had they taught this, these people, you know, you have to be a big giver or God will not bless you. Yeah. Now, I know and you know, sowing and reaping, the more you sow, the more you reap. But, you know, folks, that's not a law for Christians. That's a law for everybody. Farmers use it all the time. So do investors in the stock market. If you buy a stock that goes up fivefold, the more you put in, the more you'll get back. That's, that's, that's a law. But that's not what makes you rich. What makes you rich is covenant. You have to covenant with the right person, and that person has a capital P. So God covenant, and it says here, Abram was very rich in livestock and silver and in gold. If you're taking notes, write down that these are the commodities of God. Because it says in the word, the cattle in a thousand hills are his. Okay? Now I'm not suggesting we all go out and become farmers. Okay? But, but that's the commodities of God. And silver, the silver is mine, the gold is mine, saith the Lord of hosts. Now, I'm quite happy to be a rancher. Nice big ranch in Colorado or whatever, that'd be great. But you know what? I'm not bothered about the cattle, but I'll take the silver and go. Amen? Because these are the commodities of God. And let me tell you this, when the Babylonian system is built in fiat money, who knows what fiat money is? Money that doesn't exist. Yeah, except in a computer screen. Yeah, except in somebody's writing down, he's, he's got money, and it's on, a, it's, on a, it's on a hard drive, but it doesn't exist. Yeah? Because yeah? it's, 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 what's it back now? Nothing. That's what, it, what fear means. But you know, if you walk in and say, well, I've got, I've got a vault full of gold and I've got a vault full of silver. Back that up against your fiat money, folks. Yeah. And when the fiat money becomes, as when people realise it's worthless and old Babylon falls, and you're sitting there with a safe full of gold, guess who's going to be the real rich person? 
So silver is mine, the gold is mine. Abraham is very rich in these things. Lot also, who went with Abraham, Lot was this, I think Lot is, is, is a hero for us because Lot had nothing to offer. He had no anointing, did he? He had no ministry. He had no promise from God. But he says, I'm sticking with this guy, Abraham, because he's got something. So you don't need to have talent. You don't need to have anointing. You don't need to have anything. You just need to superglue yourself to someone who does. But thank God we all do have anointing anyway. It's not that. But there's something about Lot that teaches us. Am I right? And you know, Lot is maybe the guy as well who doesn't have the ability to build a business, doesn't have the genius, doesn't have the smarts, is not good, but he, he'll, he'll listen to a guy who, who's, who's made money in the stock market and he'll say, you know, he'll take his stock picks and he'll put his money and then he gets rich, not because he's clever, not because he's a great businessman, but because he takes advice from those who, who, who do. Yeah. And enough about Lot, we don't want to talk about Lot, we want to talk about Abraham. So Lot went with Abraham, he had flocks and herds and tents, because he went with Abraham. Now, the land was not able to support them. Now, what a problem that is. Think about that. You don't have enough storage. You know, sometimes we complain because we don't have enough space to put our stuff. But we should be saying, thank you, Lord, because that's evidence that the Abrahamic covenant's working in my life. Yeah. So the land was not able to support them that they might dwell together, for the possessions were so great that they could not dwell together. Wow. That, that's blessing. That's blessing when God says, you know, you need more storage space, Abraham. I've got something in mind, and it's not a bigger house or a bigger warehouse. It's a country. <laughs> Amen. It's a big, huge country. You see, this is what we are plugged into in the Abrahamic covenant. This stuff should be shown up in your life. Just a short time from God giving Abraham the promise that in essence he would be rich and famous. Let me, let me just say this. When God says to Abraham, I'm going to bless you and make your name great, that's just the, another way of saying I'm going to make you rich and famous. Okay. Abraham was very rich, the Bible says, in silver, gold and livestock. Now they are the commodities of God himself. Haggai 2 verse 8 and Psalm 50 verse 10, if you need scripture reference. Haggai 2 verse 8 and Psalm 50 verse 10 okay that's the scriptures for that the Abrahamic blessing is an economic blessing I'll say that again the Abrahamic blessing is an economic blessing, it's a financial blessing we'll, we'll look at that in scripture, we're not going to just make, throw stuff like that out there and leave it, we're going to prove it from God's word it has individual impact, it has community impact, and it has national impact. Okay? All three dimensions, of, all three levels. Okay? You're blessed, and your blessing should leak over, and your mic cup's full and overflowing. It should flow over into your community. Okay? And then it should flow over into the, the whole nation. God wants to bless you to be a blessing to every family and every nation on earth. Because he wants to bless you with the blessing of Abraham. 
So this blessing, and this is, this is why, listen, we're, we're calling this the school of the supernatural because it's not the school of the intellectual. If you're here to learn stuff intellectually, you're in the wrong place. This is about supernatural living, not, um, you know, super smarts intellectually. The Abrahamic blessing is supernatural. Okay, there are elements of it that only God can do. In fact, only God can do it. Okay, what's your part of mine? Believe it, receive it, and that's it. Okay, he does all the supernatural stuff. We just receive it by faith. It is God extending his infinite power and resources to cause the success of his covenant partner, Abraham. God's people are to carry this blessing of Abraham everywhere they go. You have to be intentional. You don't say, I'm off to Asda now. Where's, where's, where's the peas? Where's, where's the bread? When you walk into Asda, you should be thinking and saying to yourself and decreeing, I'm bringing the blessing of Abraham everywhere I go. Hi, folks. The Lord bless you. Yeah? You, you say God bless to folks, don't you? It's intentional. Because you're supposed to spread the blessing. So when you say God bless, no, God bless. <laughs> it's the Lord bless you. You're intentional about putting the blessing on If God says to Abraham, bless you, so you can bless every family on earth, what does that mean? It means, oh, you just have to put that blessing everywhere you go. Amen? And it's to grow and grow exponentially. I like that word, exponential. So, by bringing life, healing, we've heard about the healing this morning, strength, deliverance, we've heard about that, and prosperity to every person, family, and nation on earth. You must be intentional about this. You're blessed to be a blessing. We've heard that. Blessed to be a blessing. Yes, we are. But not just a blessing as, oh, bless you. Bless to share and shed abroad the blessing of Abraham. Just as Abraham was. So we can see from Genesis 12, verses 1 to 3, that Abraham is blessed to be a blessing. The purpose of God in blessing Abraham, I will read, say it again, was that every family on earth be blessed. This means everyone. So being a blessing to everyone is what the Abrahamic covenant is all about. So when God blesses you with kingdom wealth, which is wealth, which is true wealth, which is wealth given by God, which is wealth that is not corrupted by man um, and, and is not based on greed or uh, conning people and all that. When God gives you bless, a financial blessing, you're supposed to be a blessing with that. Um, so it's not that you give in order to get rich. It's that you're rich and so you give. Does that make sense? Yes. Alright. So, the needs, it needs to be emphasised that Although God has blessed you and I with Abraham's billionaire blessing, I like to call it that, it isn't just for the purpose of selfish consumption. Yes, you can live in a nice house, drive a great car, wear nice clothes, all that, but the blessing is about others. So while you're blessed and you live a blessed life and you have 
good stuff. It's, it's, it's not just to stop there. You're supposed to be a conduit. Okay? And so, so you can live like a king or queen, and you should. But only if your heart is to share this blessing with everyone. See, if you've got a heart for the poor, and what, you, you know what I mean by this, a couple of people I've known in my life who weren't saved, but they were super generous, and they had a heart for the poor. Those people were swimming in money, and they weren't even Christians. Why? Because they had a heart of generosity. They had a heart for the poor. They couldn't abide to see poverty and not do something about it. Now it stands to reason that in order to be a blessing, we've got to be blessed. You have to be blessed. Or you can't bless others. Am I right? Think about it. If you don't have a Mars bar, how can you give a Mars bar to somebody who's starving? So it follows on from this that the more you're blessed, the more of a blessing you can be to others. See, it's a simple thing. We make it come, and let me tell you this right now, and, and, and I, I've bound the poverty devil, so that's good. I've bound the orphan spirit, so that's good. But if you, um, if, if, if this stuff riles you, you've got a problem spiritually. Because you have to see that in order to be a blessing, which we all long to be, you've got to be blessed. And, and so being blessed means you've got to have money. Okay, it's not just money, we know that, you know, but, you know, but if you start, and it's more than just money, that's a poverty devil speaking to you. Because you ought not need to say that. Does that make sense? There are blessings that are financial. Yeah, go tell the poor man. The Bible said you go tell the poor, oh, oh be blessed, but you don't give him some to bless him. Then it's just it's just noise. Yeah. Well. Yes. Well. Again, she gave what she had. She gave all that she had. The Bible says. Okay. So, anyway, the point, and it's a good point that you've made in that. But I need to be careful with this because I need to emphasise something. People like that are exploited. There's hundreds of them in some of these big rallies and crusades. We're sitting with 12 peanut of them. Yeah? And then you get, give to the huts! So that woman pulls out a 12 pence, puts it, puts it in, and that's it. She's, 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 she's rooked, as we would say. But you see, what I'm trying to say to you is, is that the true teaching of kingdom wealth is designed to put money into that woman's pocket, not fleece her so that the preacher can have a nice suit. Does that make sense? So, Abraham was the man that God made rich. He did this by making Abraham his covenant friend and partner. If you're in Christ, you're also in Abraham, and this covenant blessing is yours to walk in. Walk in. And you'll get that Galatians and we'll touch all that as we go on in these lessons. Um, anyway, Genesis chapter 22. We all know this story. 
God tells Abraham to sacrifice Isaac, doesn't he? Give me your son. Now, we've heard a whole bunch of religious junk about this over the years that sounds really spiritual, sounds really good, and we've all ooed and ad at the message of the, oh yes, God was testing this man's faithfulness. And Abraham was so faithful because he was tested by God. A lot, of this, a lot of that is religious junk. A lot of religious garbage is spoken about this. The reason God asked Abraham to give Isaac, and remember, Abraham believed that God could raise Isaac from the dead anyway, is because he wanted Abraham to see his purpose. Okay? Abraham was a covenant man. And that's why God chose him, because he knew that Abraham understood covenant. And he also chose him because he says, Abraham will teach his descendants about me. But Abraham understood covenant. You don't make covenant with an empty. Because they don't understand what's going on. So Abraham understood he was a covenant man. He knew the terms of blood covenant. And he knew by the terms of a blood covenant, and this is what we need to understand. See, it's so vital. Everything is based in covenant when it comes to wealth. Everything is based in covenant when it comes to anything from God. Abraham knew by the terms of a blood covenant that whatever a covenant partner, back when covenant meant something, asked of you, that partner had to be able to offer in return. Okay, so if, if you and I have, are in covenant together, Jim, let's just say you and I are in covenant. Mm -hmm. and, I, and you come to me and say, well, you're my covenant partner, Bill. I, I, need, I need to borrow your car because mine's is off the road. And I know that you've got, you know, you've got a car and I need it. And I say, okay, uh, okay Jim, there's, there's, the, key, there's the keys. Mm -hmm. You go away, you drive my car for two weeks, you get your car, but thanks, Bill. But then six months down the road, my car's on the garage. So I come to you and I say, uh, Jim, I need your car now. We're covenant partners. Oh no, you must be joking, I need my car. On your bike, literally. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. On your bike, right? Yeah, but, I, but see what happened with the covenant was important was, if you refused the request of a covenant partner, you became the worst scum imaginable. And, and people could actually kill you because you were known as a covenant breaker. Do you understand that? Because back then, covenant, the only way, you know, we didn't have contracts that lawyers devised so that there would always look. There was no loopholes. You, when you covenanted, it was in blood. And so what happened was covenant partners, let's just say a clan or a tribe, they went to war with somebody. If they had covenant partners, so say you and I covenanted, and I said to you, um, I'm going to war with this, this, this uh, mob over here. Can you lend me your sons to fight this battle with me? Which is a wee bit more serious than war and a car. And you said, yeah, of course. So your sons then became forfeit. Their lives became forfeit because they could lose their lives in this war. So covenant was real. It was a blood thing. It was life or death. 
But again, if I, if you then came to me later on and says, I'm born with this other tribe now, can you give me your sons? And I went, oh, my sons are too precious to go fight in your battles, Jim. And that's what I'm talking about, breaking covenant. So you wouldn't ask somebody for something that you couldn't repay or weren't prepared to repay. So in other words, if I, if, if I didn't have sons, you... Um, I wouldn't ask you for yours because I had no way of repaying it. Does that make sense? Covenant is reciprocal. So you don't go to make covenants with everybody. Oh, can we covenant together? I bet we cool, cool, groovy thing to do. Let's covenant. No, you don't do that because it's life or death. And you have to be able to meet the terms. So if you don't have sons, don't ask for mine to fight your wars. And you wouldn't anyway because of covenant. So watch this. Abraham knew by the terms of a blood covenant, whatever a covenant partner asked of you, that partner had to be able to offer in return. Now get this, folks. This is the bit I want you to see. When God asked Abraham to offer up his son, Isaac, Abraham realized that God had a son. Because he wouldn't ask me. And Jesus said, before Abraham was, I am. And he said this. He said, Abraham saw my day and was glad. Didn't he? And the Bible says that, that, that God preached the gospel before to Abraham. And remember when Isaac walked up the mount with Abraham and he said, I don't see, I don't see a lamb here. What's going on? And Abraham didn't say, hey, you're the lamb, son. He said, God will provide himself a lamb. See, Abraham knew what was going on. He still had to act it out. He still had to, you know, Abraham probably didn't know they actually have to plunge a knife in. They have to actually do it. That's a bit he maybe didn't know. That's a bit I would say he didn't know. So he, 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 he has, you know, but he sees what's going on. Why? Because he's a covenant man. That's why God chose him. So he, he, he puts the knife up and God and the, Abraham, the angel sorry, stayed him and said, no, Isaac's blood wouldn't do anything for anybody. Isaac was just the type, but the fulfillment was Jesus. So this is why Abraham said to Isaac, God will provide himself a lamb. Genesis 22, verses 7 and 8. Remember that Jesus said, Your father Abraham rejoiced to see my day. He saw it and was glad. And we're told in Galatians, God preached the gospel beforehand to Abraham. Somehow Abraham understood that the promise that in him and his seed the nations would be blessed was linked to this epic moment on Mount Moriah when he offered up Isaac. He named the place Yahweh Yaira, Jehovah Jireh, which means Yahweh will provide and also means Yahweh sees. Abraham called the name of that place Jehovah Jireh, as it is said to this day, in the mount of the Lord it shall be seen, or in the mount of the Lord it shall be provided. And scholars will tell you, you've probably heard it preached, Mount Moriah was probably, Golgotha was probably the same place Jesus was crucified. So what Abraham was doing in type with Isaac 
then was fulfilled in reality with Jesus, who was God's son, but also Abraham's. He was also the seed of Abraham. So in the, in the one person of Christ, God provided his half of that covenant partnership agreement, and it also Abraham did in, ful in, in the fulfillment of which Isaac was only the time. You see, this is, this is what I'm saying to you. Provision in the mount of the Lord it shall be provided. Your provision is based on the covenant God made with Abraham and upon what happened that day in Mount Moriah and what happened on, on later on in Mount Calvary. It's all about covenant, folks. It's not about, oh, well, God likes him, but he didn't like you. And, and, and a lot of us feel that, don't we? That's why we bound the orphan spirit. Well, they all seem to get blessed, but I don't. That's, that's just a lie of the devil. That's, that's, that's a manifestation of, uh, of demonic. Abraham knew that it would be seen, i.e. manifested, one day that God would honour his obligation to offer up his son, just as he had prompted Abraham to do it in type. He says, in this mount, it's going to be seen, it will be manifest, it will be provided one day, that God's son's going to have to come here and be offered up, just like I offered up my son. This is the guy that God blessed. Abraham's obedience in offering up his precious son gave God permission and opportunity and endorsement, if you like, to do the same. It must be remembered that in the person of Jesus, both the seed of Almighty God and Abraham were represented. Jesus was both the Son of God and the descendant of Abraham. He fulfilled in actuality what Isaac did only in type. He became the sacrifice of both Abraham and God to fulfill the blood covenant oath. As Galatians tells us, the sacrifice of Jesus brought Abraham's blessing upon the nations. In other words, God said, I'm going to bless the nations through you, Abraham. I'm going to bless every family. I'm going to bless everybody. But the nations are going to be blessed through you. But how's it going to happen? Galatians 3, verses 13 and 14 tells us, Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law by being made a curse for us, as it is written, Cursed is everyone who hangs a tree. That's in the law. Why? So that the blessing of Abraham, which is what we're talking about, might come upon the nations through Jesus Christ. That we might receive the promise of the Spirit through faith. See, Jesus didn't just die to forgive us of our sins, or cleanse us of our sins, or, or remit our sins, which means to obliterate them. He died so that the blessing of Abraham might come on us. Alright? Jesus removed the curse. This refers to the curse of the law, which Israel was under because of the old covenant, entered into its Sinai, and also includes the curse that was on mankind after Adam's fall of Eden. So all that was cursed, Jesus took on him. Now if you take away all the curse, what's left? Blessing. Folks, we need to live under a paradigm, a reality, an understanding, a consciousness that there is no more curse. The curse that exists in your life exists only because you give it permission to. Simple. If you give it permission, 
it'll still be there. But if you say, no, I'm, I'm blessed, the curse is gone. And you, if you need to tell yourself that 100,000 times till it clicks, I'm blessed, not cursed. Yeah? So, I'm running out of time. But there's so much that in this, and we'll just pick it up next time anyway. Um, Abraham was blessed before the law. That's what I want you to see. Descendants of Abraham, after the law was given by Moses, they could walk in the blessing. If you were an Israelite under the old covenant, the old covenant was made at Sinai. But the Abrahamic covenant predated the old covenant by over 400 years. So non-compliance with the law could hinder it. As Can was saying about the sickness thing, if you're, if you, if you're not, uh, if you get mess in your life, it can hinder the blessing of, of, of healing and so on. And of course, under the old covenant, if you broke the law, it would constrict and hamper the flow of the blessing. See, God set up the pipeline of the Abrahamic blessing from, from heaven to man through Abraham. But that pipeline got choked with sin. Didn't it? See, Jesus came and unclogged the pipeline. That's, that's what he's saying. So that there's no more hindrance. Now, you can still mess up. You can, you know, if you want to spend your time uh, you know, go, going clubbing and sniffing drugs or whatever it is they do with drugs and, and, and live a debauched life, you're not going to walk in much blessing of Abraham, are you? You can still clog the pipeline. But Jesus unclogged it. And what, what he says was, what he took away was the bit that says, in order to be blessed without hindrance, I need to comply with the, the law of Moses. Well, guess who, guess who managed that? Nobody. Except Jesus. So he qualifies to be blessed because he never sinned. But he took the cursor on him. So... Non-compliance would constrict and hamper the flow of the blessing. So there were curses listed comprehensively and soberly in Je Deuteronomy 28, 15-68 for those of Abraham's seed who failed to live up to the strict demands of the law. But the blessings mentioned in Deuteronomy 28, verses 1-14 are a detailed exposition of how the Abrahamic blessing would work in the national economy and individual lives of Abraham's descendants. So those blessings are still yours and I, yours and mine, to walk in. Bless when you go in, bless when you go out. Bless in the city, blessed in the country. Be the head and not the tail. Be above only and never beneath. Bless in your bank accounts, bless in your purse or your wallet, in your pockets. Bless, 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 bless. Why? Because I'm descended from Abraham. So all the curse of that has been removed by Jesus. Before Jesus was made a curse, this Abrahamic blessing was available, but difficult to receive unless you were diligent in conforming to the law, which who was? And even if you were, you still messed up. By messing up one point, you messed up the law. God wanted this blessing to be freely available and easily accessible to all, not just the limited numbers who are the remnant of what was once Israel living in Galilee and Judea at the time of Christ. He says, not enough to bless these folks. We need to bless the nations. Yeah? It needs to be available, not just when Jesus walks the earth. 
It needs to be available in 2022 when Bill McMurdo needs blessed. When Jane Marie needs blessed. When we all need blessed. We all need, oh Lord, we're living in a globalist prison. And the whole purpose of the Great Reset is to impoverish us. Listen, that's the purpose. You'll own nothing, but you'll be happy. <laughs> stick, stick your Great Reset. Amen. Yeah, yeah. Up your great reset. Yeah. I know where to tell them to stick the great reset. Why? Because I've got Abraham's blessing to enjoy. Not, not only will I not own nothing and be happy, I'll own it all and be happy. Because the Bible says to us collectively, that's not me saying oh, I'm going to be GRU. Lessons in who GRU is, or was, will be given out. But, no, it says all things are yours, Paul said that. Who did he say to? To us, to the ecclesia, to the body of Christ, to, to, to remnant saints. All things are yours. Why? Because it doesn't belong to the devil and his crowd. It doesn't belong to, to, to the globalists. It doesn't belong to Babylon. Babylon has to fall so that the wealth can be transferred to people who will not use it to put pornography on the screen. Who will not use it to promote globalist lies and antichrist agendas. But they'll use it to promote the kingdom of God. Now I'm going to leave it there, folks. There's so much more to this. We're going to see how, you know, I, I'm working off notes here. And I remember doing these notes all in one 45-minute session. I don't know how I did it. I really don't. Um, but we're going, to look at, we're going to look at how Christ fulfills the Abrahamic blessing. We'll look at it in more detail. We'll get to that in our next lesson. But we'll leave it there for just now. And um, but just understand this before we go. Your wealth, your right to wealth, is based on this covenant with Abraham. Jesus died to get the power of that, the dunamis of that, and the exousia of that, the authority. In other words, the authority and power to walk in kingdom wealth, which actually is unlimited wealth, unlimited resources because Abraham covenanted with the one who has unlimited wealth and unlimited resources and it meant that all God has and all God is belongs to Abraham and his seed and we'll look at who the seed of Abraham is and we'll look at what that means to us the, in, the source of infinite supply is our father our God the one that Abraham covenanted with, the one that we're in covenant with, through Christ, through Abraham. If you are Christ, then you're Abraham's seed. So, folks, we're blessed. We're blessed with faithful Abraham, the Bible says. And some modern versions say blessed with believing Abraham. And all you have to do is step into it by faith and say, I'm, I'm, I'm in this. Just um, count me in. You know, we, 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 we feel we have to qualify by being 
you know, better Christians. No, you don't qualify because you read 20 chapters a day instead of 10. You don't qualify because you pray an hour instead of 15 minutes. You qualify because you're Abraham's seed. You qualify because you're in Christ. You qualify because Jesus took everything away from you that would disqualify you and made you made you worthy oh I'm not worthy of these things no nobody is he made us worthy by his blood amen the Lord bless you folks we'll leave it there till next week